This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greetings, Constant Listeners. It's Gen 2, The Rage Adams. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest Patreon-exclusive series, The Stephen King Archives, which sees the losers sort through unpublished short stories, long-forgotten interviews, dusty manuscripts, and alternate versions of your favorite tales. This month, the losers dust off the Dairy Private Library's VHS copy of Stephen King's World of Horror. Released in 1986, the 45-minute doc covers the works of Stephen King and his influence on pop culture. Peppered between segments with King are a number of clips from essential horror titles alongside interviews with John Carpenter, Clive Barker, Tom Savini, etc. Together, the losers revisit the analog era of being a horror fan, digress on King's myriad quotes throughout the 45-minute special, and chew on the evolution of pop culture icons. So how do you hear the full thing? Become a member of our Patreon, The Barons. It's there you can unlock over hundreds of hours worth of exclusive content, from our new Dark Tower Detour series, to our Stranger Things spinoff show, Talkin' Hawkins, to over a dozen commentaries on all your favorite Stephen King movies, not to mention all the episodes we've locked in the vault. You can subscribe now through the link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash thebarons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights. This was released in 1986. And the one we watched, so I sent out around a link that had two specials, actually. One was the World of Horror, which we just discussed. And then the other one was like, this is horror. Um, and kind of like uh, basically a commingling of, of multiple interviews with Stephen King. And um, they have a lot of behind the scenes footage from a variety of horror and sci-fi films. So this was later released actually on VHS in the UK in 1992. Um, and... A lot of these specials are actually later incorporated into the series called This Is Horror and uh, The Shadow Theater. But um, essentially, I want to read the synopsis that's on the VHS tape that I have, which is just strictly World of Horror. And this one is only 45 minutes. And so this is what it says. Stephen King's World of Horror. (laughs) I'm warped. I am. You don't do this sort of thing if you're all right, hyphen Stephen King. 
That's his quote, if you couldn't tell. Uh, so here's the synopsis. Warped or not, Stephen King has become one of the most popular storytellers in the history of mankind. And they're not wrong, actually. Uh, now you'll see why in this private tour through his realm of the macabre, where King mixes his sinister wit with some chilling surprises and startling revelations. Then you'll feel a nasty grin grow on your face when... <laughs> A nasty grin grow on your face. Like, just imagining, like, uh, the Grinch or something. Like, the Grinch! Um, <laughs> when uh, when horror celebrities John Carpenter, Clive Barker, and Frank Darabont join in for a tribute to horror movie previews. Included here is a collector's portfolio of the most memorable and most outrageous horror film promotions ever devised. Find out why horror is a necessary evil in your life. Bring Stephen King home to your screening room in this front row home video special. And that last line really goes into what you're discussing, Randall, on that it really does kind of feel like, um, I don't know, like almost like a door-to-door salesman for horror <laughs> for people in the mm-hmm. suburbs, like exactly what you're saying. And I ate this shit up as a kid because mm-hmm. I was a blockbuster kid. I was a latchkey kid. I... it. I still get anxiety if the television's not on when I'm alone Same. at home, you know? And so for me, I just loved these type of Rolodex of, you know, footage or media or what have you. And so watching this really took me back. And it really took me back to a lot of the movies that I used to rent from the library that were like, you know, it's something that Mike Vanderbilt calls the Halloween. He's like infotainment. And, and that's kind of what I got from this is that, you know, maybe not the depth that we're used to these days, and especially in the Reddit culture where you just kind of learn everything. But what I like about this is that, you know, it offers a cursory look at, I mean, really the greatest hits of the last 15 years up to 1986, 1988, or 1987. And also adds some sort of interesting points to stick with. And I think we're going to, you know, go over some of them. The one question I wanted to ask, though, is, you know, were you really hip to these type of specials growing up? Because, I mean, we're all pretty much on the border for Generation X, I would imagine. And I want to say that I feel like maybe we might be one of the last generations to actually really remember and appreciate this type of media. Because even when I was in high school and they started releasing these, I remember in high school there was a DVD that came out called The Boogeyman or The Boogeymen or something like that. And I remember getting it and I'm being like, oh, it's just a fucking clip show. What the hell is this? And... (laughs) And but then still kind of liking it. But I, you know, at that point, it felt like the last gasp of these type of specials. Growing up, Jen, for you, like, did, was this something that you that you watched a lot, or do you remember seeing a lot? You know, no, I don't. But I would have eaten this shit up at the time. Like, I, w- I say that I got into Stephen King through my dad because he had Stephen King books on the shelf. But like, they, my parents really wouldn't let me watch a lot of horror stuff, so I had to sneak it a lot and. Um, this just never really came across my radar. I think I might have been able to sell this to them a little more, like, because it's, like, smart or it's like a documentary. You know, it feels like it's on NPR or something, you know? Yeah. Um, but, no, I I I didn't watch this kind of stuff, but now I love it, and I'm <laughs> mad that I missed out on a whole, like, childhood of these kind of things, you know? Because it's you know, Yeah, it's... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, because... I was just going to say, oh, Mike... Uh, what you're saying, this, this, this discussion is actually kind of exciting to me. Like this idea of, because I think it's tapping into something that I've never really talked about, which is, and it's not like it's a big thing, but my biggest analog 
when I watch something like this is, I know this sounds a little weird, but I'll connect the dot in a minute, I promise, is professional wrestling. When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I was obsessed with professional wrestling, and I had all the magazines. I would get WWE or WWF magazine um, and, you know, any other dirt rag I could get my hands on. But, you know, I was buying stuff at... Uh, at, you know, the whatever version of CVS was around back then. I couldn't get a lot of things. So WWF Magazine was pretty much the extent of it. And I would sort of drool over the ads in the back of the magazine where there would be VHS tapes for sale of old pay-per-views because back then you couldn't, like, go stream a pay-per-view, you know? Mm-hmm. These these were things that they aired once and then you could rent them maybe if your video store carried them. And that's how I watched a lot of old wrestling was I rented it. But I always wanted to own, there would be these things that weren't at the video store that were essentially what I realize now were compilation tapes. They were a collection of matches under a certain theme, whether that was like the best Bret Hart matches, the best, uh, uh, you know, um, Ric Flair matches, stuff like that. And I wanted these tapes so badly. But back then, I was a child. My parents would never get me stuff like that. And they were expensive. They were like nineteen ninety nine a tape. And that was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like, And my parents would never, ever, ever do that. And there was also sort of the added... You know, back then it was like you had you needed postage, you needed uh-huh. to write them a letter, you had to send, you had to send away them a check, stuff. you had to send yeah. away, you had to have, you know, like check boxes on a thing you ripped out of a magazine. It was like, I tried to do that stuff, but like, like I tried to do it on my own and save up money, but then like, in my, I, I didn't, I was an idiot and I didn't understand you needed postage on things, you know? And it was stuff mm-hmm. like that where, um... Where I, I felt like I just didn't have access to these things. This tape, the VHS tape that you literally hold in your hand, Mike, that yeah. you got, uh, is to me one of those things. Like, I feel like if I was reading Fangoria, mm-hmm. I would have seen this tape in the ads in oh, the back Oh, 100%. Of it. Yeah. And that, so I guess for me, it's like, I didn't know these things existed because even though I liked horror, I, I'll i say that I don't remember my local CBS or whatever ever selling Fangoria. I had no place to buy Fangoria. I would have when I was young if I knew about it, but I didn't have any friends who did that. I was in the, the suburb, the deepest fucking suburbs of Michigan. Like, I had no, I was into stuff only like tangentially like i got it like poltergeist was a movie that found me um and that's as popular as that movie is that was like on the fringes for in terms of where my friend group and my family existed in terms of pop culture so and Mm -hmm. poltergeist is the movie that got me into horror so it's like that that so i guess when i see this tape that's what i think about is like i would have loved to watch this but uh, mike tell me do you know did this air on network tv or was this sort of a collector's edition it looks like as if this was basically just a, a almost kind of a collector's edition